0: When you're in the middle of depression and hopelessness, you really don't make good decisions. You really need to look at your situation in a different light, and then really surround yourself with people that are gonna tell you the truth. Hey, I'm Todd with Ready Your Future, and this is another Bible devotional with a preparedness application. We've been looking at the life of Abraham, and within the life of Abraham in the book of Genesis, you have his nephew, Lot. And the last time we did a devotional, we were looking at the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And today I want to look at what happens afterwards, all right? So we're going to pick up the story in Genesis chapter 19, verses 30. So let's go ahead and go there and we can start reading. Um, Well, actually, let's start reading in verse 27. Now, Abraham rose early in the morning and went to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley. And he saw and behold, the smoke of the land ascended like the smoke of a furnace. So it had to be pretty powerful, right, to, to that destruction, to see all that happening. Thus it came about when God destroyed the cities of the valley, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot lived. All right, so here we go. Lot went up. From from Zor and stayed in the mountains with and his two daughters with him, for he was afraid to stay in Zor, and he stayed in a cave. He and his two daughters. Then the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come in to us after the manner of the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine and let us lie with him, that we may preserve our family through our father. So they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father. And he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. On the following day, the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. Then you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve our family through our father. So they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus, both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called him his name Moab, he is the father of the Moabites to this day. And for the younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben Ami. He is the father of the sons of Ammon to this day. Alright. Let's look at this because this is really jacked up, right? When you when you kind of consider all of this. Let's let's go back just a little bit and remember that, that Lot was leaving Sodom and Gomorrah because the angels finally grabbed his hand and his wife's hand and his daughter's hands and they kind of walked out and they got out of the city and they were like hey you need to get out you know you need to go to the mountains and lot finally says hey i'm we won't be able to make it you know let us go over to zor and so they go to zor and they're able to get there as they're going his wife turns around and turns into a pillar of salt so kind of think about this situation for a little bit. When we looked at Abraham and Lot's story where they had so much wealth, they got to a point where Abraham goes to Lot and and their men were fighting with each other. And, you know, Abraham goes to Lot and he says, hey, look, uh, we need to get to a point where we separate. You know, we we have so much wealth. We have so much livestock. You know, you pick one way and I'll go the other. And so Lot picked the Valley of the Jordan. He goes down that way. And Abraham picked, you know, the land of Canaan. He stayed in the land of Canaan. And so lot goes down there. And so you think about it. He had a lot of livestock. He had a lot of livestock. He had a lot of wealth. He was really well, well off. I don't know why he would have been in the city, but for whatever reason, they go into the city and they're living there. Actually, you know, his daughters have fiancés, And when lot tries to get them out of Sodom and Gomorrah, they laugh at him. They think he's, he's, he's like, he's joking, right? So that's why they waited so long to get out that finally the angels had to grab their hands and go. But the wife turned back. She turned into a pillar of salt. So when you look at Lot and you look at his daughters, they have basically lost everything. Imagine everything. You know, it's like a lot of the times people lose things. You know, like I've known people that have had a fire and they've lost their home they still have a job to go to. They still have money in the bank. They still have that. I mean, it's terrible, terrible loss, right? Don't get me wrong. All their valuables, all their, their the things that you can't, you can't replace, but they have things where they can go and, and people wind up helping them out. Lot lost everything. And he's not going to another, uh, he's not going to another, he's not going to a job, right? He's not going to the bank. This is, this is everything. He lost everything. His, he lost everything, all his wealth, all that stuff, and also his wife. I mean, his wife who bore his, his, his children. I mean, she turns into a pillar of salt. I mean, what the heck? Well, what is that all about, right? And his daughters, you look at his daughters, his daughters, they were engaged to be married, their fiancés. They were like all excited. And if you ever dealt with, you know, someone who is engaged to be married, they're excited. They're planning their wedding. They're thinking about all this, they're in love and they're doing all this stuff. Right. And it's like, they're, they're, they're ready to go and they wind up losing their fiance. And so they've lost all this stuff, all their stuff. And then, and then people that are precious to them, Things always look worse when you're in the middle of depression and hopelessness. And listen, if anybody had reason to be in depression and hopelessness, it was Lot and his two daughters. Now, for whatever reason, he goes to Zor, but he's there and he's afraid. Maybe he's thinking our decision to go to Sodom and Gomorrah got me into this situation. I'm not going to stay in Zor. I'm going to go to the mountains. Now, I don't know why he would not have gone to his uncle Abraham. It's like, girls, pack up, load up, whatever you can find let's get some food we're going to go we're going to find Abraham and we're going to go live with him right there there would have been all different kinds of you know uh, opportunities there Abraham might have set him up again with hey here are some uh, livestock you know these are yours or you know work for me for a couple of years and you get your own livestock back or or whatever it might be he would have had some opportunities but instead he goes out to the mountains and he's you know they're there they're they're in this depression and hopelessness and his daughter starts saying, There's nobody to preserve our family. Now, think about that. They had just come from the town of Zor. Zor where there would have been men there which would have been able they would have been able to marry if they would have gone to Abraham, there would have been men there that they would have been able to marry there as well. there would have been a way to preserve the you know the, the family when you when you think about that they would have been able to be, be married and they would have been happily married and all this you know whatever it goes into all of that. but they're not thinking. Lot's not thinking. the daughters aren't thinking. so what do they do? Let's get our father drunk and have sex with him and have a baby with him. What the heck? Just that just doesn't happen. Right. And so they wind up doing that. They wind up having and getting the father so drunk. Lot gets so drunk that he doesn't even know that his daughters have been there. Right and think about think about what that looks like later on down the road when his daughters wind up pregnant like what in the world happened well dad you were drinking so much that you know we went in and we slept with you and we got you know we got pregnant by you these are your children i mean come on that that is just the, the thought of that it's such a bad 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 decision for that to happen but things like that happen when we are in depression and hopelessness we start to make bad decisions maybe not sleeping with your father type de- decisions but people make bad decisions leaving a job leaving uh, a relationship leaving uh, you know a city and going somewhere else just because they're like i, I don't know what to do i'm not thinking straight i'm going to go out and i'm going to go ahead and make this decision and it's a really really bad one there was always options and opportunities for lot and his daughters to uh to make better decisions but they didn't so what's the application here as believers as believers we need to train ourselves to not make spare of the moment decisions when it comes to a big life decision so you know you're going to the grocery store and you're you know, you know you're looking for a parking space you don't have to, you know, worry about that, right? You're, it's a decision you're going to make or maybe what you're going to eat. Uh, what what am I going to eat today? Am I going to go eat a salad or am I going to eat, you know, vegetables and rice? I mean, what am I going to eat? That's not that big a deal. But when you're talking about big life decisions like who you're going to marry, who are you going to be in a relationship with that could possibly be, you know, involved in marriage, who, you know, where are you going to work? Uh, where are you, are you going to jump ship from one job to another? Are you going to move houses? Are you going, you know, they say like, Moving houses is almost the same kind of stress as losing a family member, right? If if a family member was to die, or moving to a whole nother city that you don't, you know, you you don't know, you you don't just make those big decisions just, you know, just at the spare of the moment. You really need to have a process. You need to have a process, and the process might look something like this, and it might not be the exact process that you need to use, but you need to have a process so you're not making just spare the moment decisions. So it could look something like this. What are the pros and cons? Hey, you get offered a new job. What are the pros and cons of this new job? And you write them down maybe your decision process and maybe in the in the idea of a new job you have a week to think about it they give you some time you take that week you start thinking about it you start processing it as a believer you better be praying you better be you know reading the, the scripture and all those different kinds of things and, and looking for insight that the Lord would lead you it's funny because sometimes you know we get a, an opportunity for a new job and, and we look at the the amount and like oh we're gonna be making this amount of money it's a real big promotion it's a big big raise and we're like okay that's that's, that's it that's that's the answer to prayer and it might not be if you might make that jump and it might be one of the worst decisions you ever made you know and you, you regret lo- losing or leaving the job that you were at before so have a process write down some pros and cons you know give yourself some time to think about it to pray about it to read the word and to and to let the holy spirit move on that and then seek the advice of a trusted friend seek the advice of a trusted friend that you can that, that will tell you the truth not just someone that's going to tell you what you want to hear we you know we all have those friends that are like you know yeah you got a bad haircut and they're like oh no it looks good yeah you look so young like no you want someone to tell you man yeah don't ever go back to that hairdresser again or don't ever get that cut again that just doesn't look good on you right you want someone that's going to tell you the truth and you want to be able to uh you know get some get some advice from them as well But again on top of prayer on top of reading the bible on top of you know listening for the holy spirit and getting guidance on those big life decisions that you need to make so when my wife and i were married early early on uh, we ran a group home for kids that were in children's protective custody these, uh, we lived in the home. We were group home parents. We lived in the home uh, 24-7. They were with us all the time. They were like our kids, right? Uh, and sometimes they, they would visit parents, but a lot of the times they, they wouldn't. And we did this for 12 years, and we did it longer than anybody else that had done it for in, in the history of, that, of the agency. And so we had a lot of experience, but in that time that we did all that, there were times where we would get frustrated. And there was times where my wife would say, "Hey, I've had it. It's time to move out. It's time to get out. We need to get out of here. We need to go do something else." And I would, I would come back. And I'm like, "Babe, I, I don't believe it. it's not God's timing yet, you know." And so I wasn't at the same place that she was at. It, it's not God's timing yet. There was times where I would get frustrated. I'm like, "I've, i had it with this group home. I've had it with the, what you know, the agency or whatever it was. Uh, it's, it, we need to move out. I need, I'm going to start looking for you know something else, another job to do." And she would come back and say, um, you know, let's pray about it, but I don't believe it's God's God's timing. This isn't the right timing. When it was time for us to move, we both were in a complete agreement. So she was my trusted friend to be able to bounce off of of this, to be able to like, hey, this is it. And she was going to tell me the truth because we value the things of God and being obedient to the things of God and being obedient to what, you know, uh, following God's will for our life. So, you know, we would bounce that off and we've always operated that way. If you don't have someone like that, you need to find someone, you know, someone at church, maybe a minister, but someone that's going to tell you the truth and give you the truth. So what's the preparedness application? As preppers, we need to make good decisions as well we're making decisions on uh, you know where to spend our money you know food are we are we going to spend food buy, buy food or long-term food storage are we going to buy gear are we going to pay down debt maybe are we going to go buy that you know that uh homestead are we going to homestead are we going to leave our jobs and go homesteading are, are we going to you know uh, move out to a bigger home out a little bit further in the suburbs or are we going to go rural or we gonna, we're going we're making all these different decisions and we need to make sure that we have the good that we make good decisions Are your decisions, you know, surrounded by a process? Do you have a process, or is it just, man, this really looks good? Because I can tell you, I've made decisions before, and not, you know, these big life ones. I mean, those my wife and I always, you know, bounce off of. But there's been other decisions that I just I didn't make a good decision. I thought it looked really good, and I made a decision, and maybe around gear, I'm like, hey, this is a really good decision. I'm going to make, and it was just a really bad buy right it was just a really bad decision and i regretted it a little bit later on and so we need to make sure that we have a process if i would have had that process of let me write down the pros and cons let me sit on this a little while you know it's funny like all the time i I wait on something it's always like i don't need it you know but wait on it a little bit and then maybe if it's if it's a little bit of a bigger purchase i need to run it by somebody i'll ask my wife or ask somebody in the preparedness community The problem with that second part, right, is getting someone that will give you the truth is preppers are so isolated. They keep to themselves so much that if you don't have a spouse, that is someone where you can bounce things off, bounce off of, and they will tell you the truth, then you're really going to struggle with uh, finding someone that can, that can fulfill that need to fill that, that ability to be able to, to speak and, and, and give you the truth. That's why I like the exclusive email group so much is because you can, people can throw out questions out there and people will, it's actually kind of, it's anonymous because no one has the, um, no one has each other's email, but people will tell you what they think, you know, and you can kind of use that to bounce off of uh, whatever it is, um, whatever decision that you're making. And so, have a process, have a plan. That's another reason why, in the preparedness community, we're always talking about have a plan. Just don't go out buying a bunch of junk that you don't need. It should fall in line with your plan. But that's part of that process and being able to process it all through. We need to make sure that we're making good decisions in our you know, our preparedness decisions because a lot of those times we're going to be counting on those decisions that we make now for later on in the future. All right. So I hope that's been a blessing to you. Uh, I want to close out with a word of prayer, okay? Let's pray. Father, I pray for my preparedness friends, and I pray, Lord, that you would help them make better decisions whenever they're making big life decisions. And I pray that you would help them make good decisions when they're buying gear and deciding where to spend their money when it comes to preparedness as well. I pray that they would... uh, come up with a process that works for them and that they're able to give the whatever decision some wait time and and then have somebody trusted that they could always bounce off ideas and questions and and get some really good advice father i just thank you so much that you do provide us that as well through uh prayer through the bible through the leading of the holy spirit you speak to us and you help us in the, the decisions that we need to make we thank you we give you all the praise and glory in jesus name amen Hey, listen, if you are looking to grow in your faith, I have resources for you in the description and you can click on those and it will help you to grow in your faith. And uh, that's something that hopefully every believer would want to do. All right, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with me on this episode. We'll catch you on the next one. God bless you. Peace.